Welcome to the Faithful Fathering Podcast. Thank you for joining us. This is Rick Words, founder and president of Faithful Fathering, where the mission is to encourage and equip dads to be faithful fathers. Those are dads that prioritize physical presence, engage emotionally, and lead spiritually by example. Uh, this uh, topic of this podcast series is dads stepping up. So we're initiating a discussion around stepping into those three tenets of faithful fathering, prioritize physical presence, engaging emotionally, and leading spiritually by example. But before I introduce our guest here, I do want you to know the Faithful Fathering exists to help you become the dad the next generation needs to see. I want to point you to our website, Faithful Fathering, all spelled out, faithfulfathering.org, where you can click on the Four Dads button to see a history of logs and uh, studies that uh, really complement these podcasts. So uh, as always, this will be a very practical discussion. I pray blesses you on your journey as the man, husband, and father you're called to be. In the studio uh, with me today is uh, to talk around dads uh, stepping up is a very special guest, Matt Hammersky. He's hey. the pastor of Risen Nation. He's also Risen Nation Church, and he's also husband and, and a father. Yeah. So welcome, yeah. Matt. Well, thanks for having me, Rick. Excited to be here. It's a blessing great. to have you. Uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, uh, a little bit of your background, and uh, uh, and ha- how you came to meet your bride and uh, get on with life. Yeah, um, well, I, I, uh, I was born in Pasadena, Texas, so we're sitting right, right now. <laughs> uh, and I grew up, though, I grew up to, in Deer Park, Texas. Went to school all my whole school, high school career in Deer Park, one school, which was uh, really important to my dad. Uh, he moved a lot around a lot when he was growing up, so he wanted to make sure I went to the same school the entire thing. So he made that happen. Very uh, cool. So appreciate that. But um, yeah, just grew up, uh, grew up in church. I like to tell people I was birthed in the pew, literally. I mean, I was, I, uh, you know, was in church every time the doors were open, you know, back when we had Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I mean, sure. however many services, revivals. You had a drug problem. <laughs> yes. Drug. Dr- your, your parents drug you. Drug to me church. to church. That's right. Uh, <laughs> you got to have a dad joke in here at least once, right? So <laughs> they, um, I grew up in church. So always grew up in um, just around ministry. Uh, the church I grew up in was uh, was very very charismatic, so a little high energy, and so I grew up in a lot of just um, a lot of passionate people. So it was really great, a lot of great encounters with the Lord. Uh, around uh, the age of 19, I felt a call into ministry, uh, which I did not want to do. I kind of ran from it for a while because I wanted to make money, so I wasn't really <laughs> looking forward to going into ministry. Uh, and um, so, uh, answered the call into ministry, starting youth ministry at 19. Uh, was in, became the assistant youth pastor at the church that I'd grown up in. And then from there, I got offered my first full-time youth pastor position about right when I turned 22. Uh, consecutively, right before that, I had met my wife. We got married. Uh, we only dated for about 20 minutes, and we got married uh, pretty quick. We decided, look, we're poor. We're going to be poor. Might as well be poor and in love together. So we got married, uh, started immediately in a full-time ministry, which now looking back on it was probably not the smartest thing to do. Uh, put my marriage quite through the ringer. Um, mm-hmm. But we came out the other side stronger for it. First church I was at didn't, uh, the youth ministry exploded really quickly. Uh, so I dealt with that. Uh, but then, you know, just some unhealth in the church itself. Didn't really know a whole lot about pastoring. I was pretty naive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I learned quite a bit <laughs> in that short stint of time. Uh, and then after that, I eventually got hired on at the church that I originally grew up in. And I youth pastored there for over seven years. And then uh, I had moved on, accepted an associate pastor position. Uh, with Mike Rosas uh, over at uh, Gateway, and then so I did that for a while, and then from there we planted uh, Risen Nation, 
Fantastic. And so in the midst of that, uh, after planning resignation in 2020, that's when I became a father. Uh, my wife and I decided to step into something we felt God had been pulling on our hearts, something we've been passionate about a while, and that was foster care. Mm, uh, so we began okay. to foster. We had a, uh, a young boy placed in our, our care. Uh, he was 13 years old then, uh, and his name was Michael. And um, then we started our journey into parenthood, uh, and he definitely had a lot of issues. And so Michael was consistent as a warrior is what he Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah, he lived up to his name. Uh, I, yeah, we were having regular restraints often. Uh, he had a lot of uh, anger, aggression. Uh, he'd been through a lot of hurt sure, and a lot of sure. damage um, from and his father. He never knew his actual father uh, was never present. And that was one of the tenants he talked about is being present. Never knew his dad. Um, you know, mom was, um, you know, struggling. He had a brother and sister and uh, just conditions weren't good. They had been mm. abused by an uncle. I mean, just a lot of horrible things. A lot of uh, and so a lot of things to heal from. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously he didn't trust. He didn't put his trust in any adults. I mean, why would you? All the adults sure. in your life had failed you at this point. So a lot of things we had to go through, a lot of hurt, a lot of pain, a lot of being rejected over and over again mm-hmm. uh, by this child that was just so wounded. Mm-hmm. Um, but we saw God be faithful in that, and we're actually looking to adopt him uh, coming up in, in the next few months. Uh, wow. It's been a two-year journey since 2020 to now. It seemed of, like five. Yeah, yeah, it really did sure, through the pandemic. Sure. I mean, you got to think, too. Immediately, so many parents were thrown into being uh, homeschool teachers in the midst of that. That's so right, we yeah. were first-time parents and homeschool teachers all in one. Of a teenager. <laughs> of a teenager who had severe behavioral issues. Uh, so <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> so the so going back to yes. uh, when you had challenges in mm-hmm. the church early on, all yeah, yeah. this was— can you expand on that? Because I yeah. know there's a lot of folks out there that have uh, struggled with church, struggled with faith, and mm-hmm. what have you. And it sounds like you got kind of that whole lesson in your early church work. Yeah. And uh, are there some things in there you can share that uh, uh, were flags that were, uh, you know, looking back, you see how Jesus was in the middle of it, but in the uh, you know, in the midst of it, yeah. you wonder what in the world's the Lord up to here? Yeah, I, you know, it was, I, I was just very eager to get into ministry. Sure. Uh, and I was, I mean, I would do anything. I mean, my first youth pastor position, I was basically the janitor, you know, and the, mm-hmm. that's kind of typically how it goes. Uh, small churches hiring a youth pastor. And, and you're passionate for the Lord. Yeah. Right? And so it was like, Hey, that's cool. And I really didn't mind that. Um, but I did, I got taken advantage of quite a bit when it came to terms of pay, uh, you know, I was part-time, but yet I was held to more full-time hours. So there's a lot of things that I've noticed growing up in the church and working in the church for so long and just hearing stories from other friends that I know uh, within the church that work for the church is a lot of times the church will do certain practices that the world would even consider unethical. Sure. And so that was something that kind of opened my eyes to some things. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, you know, that's not cool. But we, we saw the youth group grow so fast um, and kids were getting ministered to. And then after it all kind of fell apart, we ended up having to leave. And, you know, what was told about why we left was not the truth. And so just a lot of betrayal, a lot of hurt, um, a lot of things. Many, I mean, there's plenty of people out there have a similar story to that um, that they've experienced, which is sad. But, um, but you know. The, but the, it, it sounds like you kept it in perspective that man is man he's fallen yeah no i never the church is still uh worth holding up yeah Yeah. and it was it was it was it was hard at times for me not to you know i was i was upset with god in the sense that i just like why why was i here why did i do all this and not like that to see his blessing on it you know see growth and kids getting healed kids getting saved kids getting you know all over the place and seeing god do amazing things but yet then it just all being pulled away and all falling apart and um over people's greed and 
personal issues and uh, emotional damage they've never healed from. That was the other thing I've learned is you got a lot of people in church today, even in leadership, that have a lot of emotional damage, oh, yeah. hurts. That mm-hmm. they're, That's their filter. Right. And so even as they lead, their filter is one that is damaged and skewed because they've never dealt with their own issues. Right. And so that I learned a lot, like I said, in that season. I was very young, very naive. I, I grew up real quick. <laughs> and um, But I did. Even in the midst of that, God was very faithful. You know, um, daily I would spend time with him, seeking him, and just, you know, seeing where maybe I missed it. Maybe I, but then the further I got away from that, the more I walked into ministry and the beautiful experiences I had with the church and with all people and all the different people I've served with, including Mike and, you know, other people that I've met along the way that have become brothers in my life. um, You know, I look back and I see that that was just part of the process. Right. You know, that really molded me to where I'm at today and how I pastor, uh, how I parent, how I, everything that I do, you know, it's things that God has shown me uh, to do it his way, the way of love, instead of uh, some kind of fear based deal you know of living your life scared um, right. but really trusting in his love and his faithfulness right so, so that's you, that's kind of i guess in a nutshell sure. kind of what i pulled out of that and what began to happen so in my that life. relationship that you obviously had strong relationship with christ mm. saw you through the valley oh of, yeah uh, the church experience and then you moved right into marriage which yeah. is another whole uh, yes. level of relationship that, mm-hmm. uh, of course, you had to live into as well. Right? Yeah, that was marriage. Um, yeah, that that's one thing that will get you to grow up real quick. You either grow up or you don't stay married. I, that's often what I tell uh, men. Is and like, something about I do doesn't allow you out of that. No, right? no, it's it's a commitment and a covenant. And and I think back to the relationship crisis, what you're saying, why that's so central in my life, is it always has been, you know, when I stepped into ministry, my love for Jesus has always been great. I mean, you know, he's never failed me. And even in the times of hurt, he's always been there for me. He's always helped me see what he was doing. I just had to ask, you know, mm-hmm. where are you in this, God? Where, show me what you're doing. Right. And uh, so even in marriage, you know, I mean, he taught me early on. I remember the very first argument I got in with my wife. I got really upset, you know, and, and, and yelling and screaming about something. We got in this argument, and, and I was yelling and screaming, and, and, and she starts, you know, crying. I'm like, oh, don't play the crying card, you know, and all that stuff. She starts crying. So I storm out of the house, and I'm like, well, I'm leaving. And so we've been married probably three months maybe. And I'm going down the stairs, and I'm getting in my car, and I turn on the car, and I'm fully intending on just driving somewhere. Don't know where I'm going to go, driving somewhere. And immediately the Holy Spirit was like, what are you doing? And I, I was like, well, and I start praying. I literally start, well, God, you need to do something with that woman. You know, like she is. That woman you gave yeah, me. Yeah, that woman you gave me. Here we are, you know. <laughs> and it's like, you got to do something with her. And, and, um, and he spoke very clearly. He's like, no, you need to change. Yeah. He said, you're not leading well. You know, you're not loving her well. And he began to show me that I literally intimidated her in this thing, and she was scared. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's like, that's not what you're supposed to do. He's like, you're supposed to love and care and provide and protect, yeah. not scare. Something like about that selfless, sacrificial thing. Yes. You know, once we understand we're supposed to die for him, yes. the rest of it comes die, into perspective. Right? Die like Christ died for the church. Yeah, I gave himself up for the church. And, and so I did. I marched myself right back up there, and I went in there, and I apologized. And I said, babe, I'm sorry. I'm, you know, I'm, and he really it brought me, and that was really the start of. That's pretty much how our marriage has gone. Is you know, I've made mistakes, of course, we all do, mm-hmm. but immediate in the quickness of the Holy Spirit to say, mm, "You're wrong," right. and, and go back and openly repent and let everybody know, like, "Hey, I messed up. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have handled it like that. I shouldn't have." And and my marriage, you know, I've I have a wonderful marriage, uh, and it's involved a lot of intentionality, a lot of Jesus, you mm-hmm. know, and even in ministry of how do we, you know 
it, all the tough things we've gone through in our lives together, and we've been through a lot of stuff, even just 12 years, you know, looking at it. I mean, it's a good stretch of time, but I know people, plenty of people out there, the 40, 50 years of marriage. Um, but even through all the tough times, it just brought us so much closer together. Mm-hmm. It really pushed us together and pushed us closer to God. And that's been the difference maker is, right. you know, we didn't allow it to separate us. We didn't allow us to get between our faith. Uh, you know, we always were prioritizing, no, God has a good plan mm-hmm. and we're going to see it. You know, and that's that's pretty much what we fell down to. Yeah, he uh, he does have a plan, and mm-hmm. I, I right now it's a good idea to we'll just reiterate to all dads out there that are listening that the three most important things that you can share with your wife is I was wrong, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, yep. and will you forgive me? Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> and those humbling thoughts and words, uh, obviously, there has to be a seriousness and. and yeah. And uh, purposeful uh, effort behind those words, but yeah. I think so often, uh, like you say, we think we're in the right, and yeah. it doesn't matter whether you're in the right or not. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's about the relationship and uh, and submitting yeah. to Christ. Oh yeah. Uh, that word submission tends to get a lot of uh, bad press these days. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, you both are submitting to Christ. Yeah. And as long as you keep Him in the middle, you have a shot. So oh yeah. I tip my cap to you. It's a lot of those are good lessons for everyone to come away from. Yeah. Uh, come away with and yeah. uh, and apply well uh, on this journey called uh, marriage. I know uh, you know we always grow up. I always challenge uh, dads to to have those discussions early on before kids and what yeah. have you. The good and the bad and the ugly of your home growing up because yeah. you know in, in my situation we had a, a very the, the loudest and cursest mm-hmm. uh, always won the argument in the home that I grew up yeah. in and mm-hmm. uh, my bride grew up in a home the voices got raised. We tabled everything mm-hmm. until you know we settled down until and then we yeah. have a discussion. Yeah. So obviously our communication wasn't yep. uh, as good as it uh, needed to be, or uh, my communication efforts. So yeah. I was very similar to yourself. You know, yeah, that's, yeah. That's been my challenge. So you guys have been on this journey. You'd been uh, married 10-plus years mm-hmm. when you uh, decided to look into foster care. Yep. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We stepped right into that. And, uh, and was there a history of uh, adoption in her family or your family? Uh, no. Uh, my my mom was always the type of person that everyone would come at my to my house. I had several friends that lived with me for stints that had kind of some rougher home lives at different points. Mm-hmm. So my home was always a safe place. Uh, my parents were both very loving, very supportive. Uh, I mean, they're still married today, you know, so uh, I grew up with a really great, I had a great childhood, all those kind of things. Um, but I was always drawn to kids that just didn't have parents like mm-hmm. I did. Uh, even in my first real youth ministry, long stint of youth ministry, we did a bus ministry. We brought in kids from all over parts of Pasadena, bad parts of Pasadena. Many of them, there was no dad in the home. There was no, you know, and so I became a father figure to a lot of these kids. And most of the things they would, they would love about me, they would tell me what they love so much was I kept my word. Mm-hmm. You know, when I'd tell them we were going to do something on a certain Wednesday, we would do it. What a and concept. To, yeah, right? And to them, it was such a big deal. Sure. I mean, they I'm sure none of them remember any of the messages I preached, mm-hmm. but they do remember I was always there. Mm-hmm. They do remember I showed up and I kept my word. And mm-hmm. to them, that, that showed them Jesus because mm-hmm. they were like, okay, if this man claims to love Jesus— then this must be what Jesus is like, that he's faithful, he's loving, he's kind, he's there, he's consistent. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so that was a big, big thing for us then. And then, so that was always in my heart. I always wanted to adopt, always from the beginning. And same thing with my wife. She actually, before we got married, she said, okay, well, I have to tell you this. And I said, okay. She's, she said, I want to adopt. She was like, and if you're not on board with that, we can't get married. Like, this is that important to me. I said, I do too. Fantastic. So we're good. Okay. And so, go. and we went from that. And then we finally actually took the plan. It was through a lot, of, too much to get into, a lot of God things. We actually got involved with an agency called The Sanctuary, um, which uh, it was before it actually started. We met the director. 
Uh, and I was, we had just started the church. We were looking for something, somebody doing something in orphan care we could support as far as like start getting mission support early and just mm-hmm. supporting something. We saw they were getting this off the ground. I love the concept of getting the church back into the foster care system where it needs to be. Uh, you know, that needs to be back with the church. The government's doing a horrible job with it. Like it should be with the church. And um, so we met a lot her. Of that going on. Yes, yes. <laughs> and we met her and um, she immediately though, I said, well, we want to support the church. And then she asked me if we ever wanted to foster. I said, eventually, right, eventually. Well, she calls us about two months later with Michael and says, hey, would you guys be willing? He was a sibling set. All his siblings were going to, uh, one was going to her. The other one was going to somebody else that worked with the sanctuary. And then they wanted Michael, the oldest, who couldn't have any other kids in the home for him to be placed with us, and which we were the only ones that didn't have kids yet. He said, hey, we'd like you to take Michael. And so we can keep all of them together. So we can, you know, and once a month we do, we get together. We basically become like extended families. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they asked, would you do this journey with us? We're like, well, we're not licensed. We're like, we'll get you licensed. And so, I mean, they, we sped through it. We got all licensed and we ended up diving head first in. And uh, yeah, it was, it was insane. Yeah. <laughs> so a uh, best and worst thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> so, it's funny how that works out sometimes. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So when the, when the Lord says he's not going to give you more than you can handle, you can say, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. You, you, you. yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I have found you to the limits. Anyway. I, I have found he loves to give me more than I can handle, so I have to completely depend on him because it's, yeah. Now, in myself, I no, we would not have made it at all. And uh, you say he's turning 16 now. So, yeah. again, that was uh, jumping into you blasted right through what we call the teacher season. You missed mm-hmm. out on that chance to instill family values yes. in your faith. Yes. So you had everything on you can't make up for that. Mm-hmm. You have to accept where you're at and yeah. meet him where he's at and yep. allow him to start to uh, to uh, learn some lessons on his own while yeah. being there. How, I guess that's your years of youth ministry that come into play. Yeah, and that was kind of what they said, too, when they thought of he would be a good fit for us. And this was before, of course, they didn't know everything he'd actually been through. All the files had been, uh, they, they couldn't see it until we actually moved forward with it. So then mm-hmm. we found out a bunch of stuff that we did not know. Uh, and so things that we were like, oh my gosh, things that we, if we might've known about it, we might've been tempted to be like, mm, no, I don't think we want to do this. Uh, but we didn't. And so here we are, you know, again, you see God again, moving things the way he wants them. Um, but yeah, it did help me in the sense that, you know, I connected with him really quick. We became fast friends. Um, you know, I had the benefit of, he just thought I was really cool. Uh, so he looked up to me. So the fact that that was, then he would look to me like, well, you know, what do you think about this? And what do you think about it? And I would explain it. I'd always talk, tell him about Jesus. And he was interested in church. He liked the times he'd been to church. And when we took him to our church, he was like, oh, man, I love it. And he, would, he began to say early on, I love our church. And, like, he loved being around the other kids. And he's a very sweet kid. He's got a good heart. He just had so much hurt that, you know, we had to help him walk through. And it really gave me a picture of the gospel, you know, what God does for us. You know, mm-hmm. he takes us and he heals us from damage that he's not responsible for. Mm-hmm. And so that, just to your point, we got him and there was all sorts of bad things instilled in him. A lot of bad habits, a lot of um, perceptions of how you talk to women. I mean, there was a lot of things that we had to really work through and address uh, to where now he's doing very well. But in the beginning, it was tough. It was, you know, but the things that would always get through to him was the, the love. It was just the, the constant coming in. And I would even, I'd walk in, he'd be mad. And I would, I just, I'd greet him and I'd grab him real tight and I'd just hold him. And at first he'd kind of struggle, you know, and, and then he'd just, you'd just feel him kind of relax mm-hmm. and then he'd lean into me. 
mm-hmm. then he would hug me. Mm-hmm. And then I knew, okay, I'm in a place now where I can speak into what just happened. Sure. Because sure. he's listening. He understands I care about him. I'm not here to hurt him. I'm not here to beat, you know, beat him or throw him away or reject him. I'm, I'm here because I care. Right. And, but he had to see that over and over and over and over again. I mean, it took over two years right. before he really, I do believe, opened up and began to really change. And, and we ended up baptizing him. I mean, he's accepted Christ. Um, you know, he, he loves drums. He's really into music. He's really musically inclined, which is great because so am I. It's like very, like, it's just crazy how God worked it out. Like, it's like he fits very well. Um, and so, you know, we've seen a lot of the damage he's gone through be healed, but it took us taking damage. Sure. And so that's one of the things I think you tell with any parent is, you know, it's going to cost what it costs. Sure. And are you willing to pay the price? Yeah. Yeah, it always breaks my heart when somebody puts a dollar figure on raising a child. Oh. And I thought, you know, you don't have a clue. You never you get know, out of it. Is, no. yeah. <laughs> this isn't a monetary, uh, this isn't a business transaction. Mm-hmm. It's a, a life transaction. That's and, right. Uh, and yeah. uh, and uh, hopefully a transition as, uh, you know, it, you got promoted very quickly, uh, or, or not quickly, I guess. The, uh, you know, I was think a, a couple is, is challenged when they move from the husband and wife uh, relationship to all of a sudden being dad and mom. Oh yeah, and uh, you guys had ten years as husband and wife to, to and which was get, great. We enjoyed was, those years. Get, get, yeah. <laughs> we sure did. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and then to move into understanding how that is all to be applied in raising mm-hmm. a young another young mind. Oh yeah, uh, whether it's uh, biological or adoptive, either way around. But yeah, that, I really tip my cap to you for that sensitivity and the the perseverance and uh, and like you say these. Kids have grown up with uh, no security, no trust, no uh, no no one they could relate to yeah. consistently, right? Yeah. And so to break through that and break down some old walls is really quite a journey. Yeah, it, it has been, but it's been like I said, it was it's definitely easily the most challenging thing we've ever done, uh, but the most rewarding. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've and even in the so and even the sense of like you were talking about the church, how the church was going at that point. I mean, the church started taking off. And the church was growing and growing and growing while we were going through this like hell on earth experience in our home. Mm -hmm. And yet God is blessing everything. Like Mm -hmm. everything is just, I mean, I would have at least some weeks we'd be so caught up with all these things and so overwhelmed. I wouldn't have much time to prepare a sermon. You know, I would, I'd take the time to prepare, but I'd step on stage going like, man, I don't, I haven't, and I'm feeling bad. Like I haven't been able to commit the time that I normally commit to this. And, but I would, just, and, but then God would just move, you mm-hmm. know? And it was like, I would say things that were, I didn't even, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know? And, and it was almost like God laughing at me. Like you thought it was about what you could do, right? Like it's, I just need you surrendered, you know? And he began to show me that what I was doing was true religion. Yeah. And he said, don't worry, I got your back on everything mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I, I'm going to make up the lack sure. every sure. time. And he did. And so that's just, it's so hard to explain it, You would think in that season that everything else would be falling apart, but everything else was flourishing. Yeah, I think sometimes we uh, we think it's all in our strength, right? Oh, yeah, uh, you know, I, yeah. I always de- delineate, you know, the secular life is man doing man's will and man's strength. Oh, yeah. And then you have the religious life that you were caught up in. And I'm going to do what I think is God's will, but mm-hmm. I'm still going to do it in my strength. Try to do it myself, yeah. And then, then you hit the abundant life, which is what yeah. we're called to, which is yeah. God's will and God's strength. I mean, that's uh, that's. I really uh, commend you, and I think that's a great introduction to uh, our, our series as we proceed on here with yeah. this uh, podcast series on dads stepping up. But uh, but dads out there that are considering, uh, couples that are considering and getting engaged in the foster care, how would you uh, encourage them uh, if, if they wanted to just find out what foster care is about and or adoptive uh, 
uh, effort. To yeah, I um, well, I was for an agency. I highly recommend the the Sanctuary Foster Care Services. You can just Google them; they'll pop up. They're in uh, they're located in Clear Lake. That's where they're based, but they're all over the Houston area now. Um, I would definitely recommend them as an agency to reach out to. They can give you a lot of information. There's another ministry uh, which I believe he's been on this, Julius uh, Cairo. Sure, mm-hmm. uh, he's actually our orphan care pastor at the church. Uh, but they started a ministry. Uh, that has since become its own ministry uh, called Kingdom Care, uh, which we're really involved with, right. which has been a lifesaver for us, was a big-time lifesaver when we were going through all the tough things with Michael, uh, to have that community of people around you, other foster parents that are encouraging you, that are spurring you on. So those are two things I would look into, is the Sanctuary Foster Care Services and Kingdom Care, okay. uh, because if you do and decide to go forward, Sanctuary does have a great network of families to support, but uh, that extra b- blanket of support from Kingdom Care, I highly recommend that, because I I think a lot of people they make the mistake of really just going in alone and they're isolated and believe me you will hit times where you will really question is this something i need to continue to do yeah. uh, and you will want to give up and so you got to have those people around you encouraging you pouring into you giving you strength not like that but they can also provide respite care for you uh because you know in foster care you can't just have a regular babysitter you yeah. have to have someone who's licensed someone who can care for the child and is authorized by the state and so that can be difficult, too, to be able to get a break because you can't find anybody. And so it gives you immediately a network of many people that would be willing. That's good. Well, that's also important in marriage because there are oh, times yeah. where my biological, my bride was giving birth. She said, you're the reason for this. Yeah. <laughs> you're I'm the problem. Sure, I'm not sure I want to go through with this, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah but at that point, similar. there was no return. But very similar. I do recall, you know, in case uh, dad's out there that you're wondering about adoption, remember that you are adopted as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Romans 8.15 says we are uh, uh, don't have the spirit, of, uh, not under the spirit of fear, but under the spirit of sonship. And by him, we can cry out, Abba, Father, that we're heirs of God and co-heirs with Jesus the Christ. So, uh, well, Matt, you've been a blessing uh, to uh, Michael and uh, I know to your bride, to your church. And uh, I look forward to uh, this series of podcasts with you. Thank you for the time. Uh, Yeah, thank you for having me on and looking forward to more conversations. Well, dads, uh, keep on keeping on. and uh, God bless, Godspeed, and we'll uh, talk to you soon. Thank you for tuning in to the Faithful Father and Podcast.